Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody, new week, new existence for the uh, coach and the kid here on the TalkZone.com. Plenty to talk about in the weekend of sports. Wow, lots going on. Plenty of action to uh, recover and recuperate from, including NBA basketball, professional golf. Tiger is back. We got baseball action. We'll jump off the sports page. All kind of fun and games. Most importantly, we hope you, our fine listener out there, had an outstanding weekend sports and or otherwise and we are so happy that you uh, that you decided to join us here on this beautiful, beautiful Monday morning in the fine city of Chicago. The coach and the dog at your service. Up until 11 o'clock, a little bit of music, and then we'll kick off from the 30-yard line. We had a five-yard penalty over the weekend. Thank you very much. The music of the TalkZone.com, very similar to my host who I'm about to introduce, Joe Rodwanski. It is inspirational. It is perspirational. It is motivating. It is quite unlike the tremendous philosophies of life. Thank you very much. I have no idea what I'm talking about. So what better time than to introduce my good partner, the big dog, Joel Rodwanski. Big dog, how are you? How was the weekend, my friend? Uh, it was uh, It was a spectacular weekend. Woo! Yeah, I spent it all in the city, uh, giving tours on the river. It was absolutely phenomenal, mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous out. I had a bunch of small groups. They weren't very big. And I could honestly say last night that I was like, was like, I'm really afraid of my next couple tours because the last couple ones were just so good. And then the, it was like a perfect tour last night. Wow. The everybody bar has been paddled. so high. That, well, that everybody listened. They paddled, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, and at the end, my partner was like, you know, that was the best tour you've ever given. He's wow. like, it was hilarious. He's like, I was laughing at jokes that I know. Mm-hmm. He's like, that was, he's like, that was good stuff. Did and you I'm have like, the, oh. uh, did you use the rabbit working for you this weekend? What's the rabbit? Well, I, I, I call the rabbit and I want to bring this up because I watched some track and field over the weekend. That's the kind of sicko I am. Uh, the Steve Prefontaine classic out in Oregon. We'll talk about what the rabbit does in track, but on your kayak tours, you have used friends or your uh, lovely girlfriend, Lily the Lilac, uh-huh. who go on the tour, and then you have them at the end. They're right up in front, and they give you a tip, in this case sort of a fake tip, but it encourages the rest of the people, puts a little pressure on the rest of the people to give you a hefty tip. That's why I call them the rabbit. Did you have the rabbit work on this I, weekend? I haven't had any of my friends actually come out on a tour. No, no, I've had one person, and they did. And it didn't work because everybody else on the tour was like like a complete zombie. That was, uh, but that the person that they were like that was really good, Joel. So, uh, but uh, other than that, no, because that's going to happen soon. As a matter of fact, Thursday we're going to try it out. My buddy TJ is uh, is actually going to do it in front of a group, and we'll see what happens on Thursday. He'll have his daughter with him, Cecilia, and it, it'll be real good. It'll be good. Yeah, so, the rabbit is a. Is a it, 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 I'm glad, first of all, that it was a financially feasible weekend. It sounds like, uh, you know, you, I believe your words were spectacular. So I'm assuming we made a little money well, it this wasn't, weekend. It, it isn't like the way it used to be. They changed the pay structure around here. So I would say it was nice. Ah. 
That's a bummer. Yeah, and it, we'll talk to your boss. Yeah. We'll you have a couple point. of couple of our listeners uh, back here, Bobby, and uh-huh. Earl from Naperville. We'll send the two of them down to talk to your boss. The old pay structure will be back in place before you know it, Big Dog. Uh, well, yeah, make sure back here, Bobby. It definitely doesn't shave before he comes down, if you don't mind, Coach. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say make sure he doesn't grope because uh, – that's been a problem with back here, Bobby. By the way, speaking of groping, the Penn State trial is going to be coming front and center, Big Dad. This is going to, it's been kind of, not totally, but kind of out of our mindset for the last couple of months, but it's coming to court, I think, in a week or two, and uh, more details going to be coming out, I guarantee. It's going to be back in the conversation. Um, no, and this. This hopefully doesn't come off insensitive towards the victims, but I don't even want to hear about it, Coach. I don't want to hear one detail well, of the trial. It doesn't I just matter. Want to hear, you know what I mean? I just I don't want to hear any of it. Yeah. I, I hate to tell you, it doesn't matter if you want to or not. You are going to. No, I'm not. I'm not going to pay any attention to it. Wherever I hear Sandusky, okay. I'm like, is this? Are they telling me what the verdict is? I don't care. Okay. To be honest with you, and and I don't mean that in as any insensitivity towards what happened to those children. Okay, but it it. You know what I mean? I've, I've had. I mean, I really didn't want to think about that anymore. I need mm-hmm. to focus on okay. other things, right. and I don't want to waste any time. We'll we'll that. try to avoid it as much as possible, but I can't promise because uh, once the court case comes, some of the details start coming out. Uh, you know, there may be new developments, new issues that we have to talk about. But I agree uh, with you. The sort yeah. of the sort of details we uh, we hopefully will not be talking about here are the two guys at a mic show. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Dog and a coach at your service again. Hope you had a Great weekend, Big Dog. I had mentioned the rabbit, and I don't want to make a big deal of it, but just as a passing, I'm watching uh, track and field, some of the best of the best. Uh, it wasn't an Olympic qualifier. That's coming up in a couple of weeks, but it was still the top ones. They were out in the Steve Prefontaine Classic in Oregon. And, you know, I keep my list of is things that, in that, sport. Is that only U.S. people, Coach? Or uh, no, that, no, 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 World, no. Uh, uh, yeah, worldwide. So uh, who were the big names that actually decided to come uh, to Oregon for the weekend? Anybody big? I can't remember. Did Usain Bolt come? Yeah, uh, I believe he was. Because he's a Nike guy. If you're a yeah. Nike guy and you don't go to the Steve Prefontaine right. Classic, Phil Knight will put a tack in a shoe. <laughs> hey, it was freshly made for you. Everybody was wearing the patch, and it said pre, big pre with the Nike swoosh. That's all it said. So I'm assuming, I don't know if I watched his event, but I believe Usain Bolt was there. I know Jeremy Warner, the great middle distance guy, was there. Um yeah, some of the uh, there were a lot of the Olympic gold champions from uh, previous Olympics, but yeah, and and even pre-Olympic, so it was an international event. It's kind of, you know, yes, that's pretty, that's, yes. That. And, and in and, fact, they had for Ken. It was kind of weird because for the Kenyan runners in the five thousand, no, it was the was it the they called it the Bowerman Mile, and apparently okay. it's, it's the last event of the Prefontaine Classic, and apparently it is a qualifier. For the Kenyan runners, I was very confused with the whole concept, but it was an all-Kenyan race. The top finishers are you going to be your Olympic guys for Kenya. They call it the Bowerman Mile. It was kind of odd, but uh, it was right there for you. So the best well, of the best from Kenya in long-distance running, and obviously they are the best. Well, if uh, if Nike, which, hey, you know what? I, honestly, I work for Nike, and I, I, they truly are a company that wants to do the best for its employees, and for its customers. I swear to you, Coach, they are a, a company that I am proud to have worked for, mm-hmm. okay? Um, but they're all about making money, too. Let's not, let's not, let's not, 
they gave a lot of money to the Kenyan <laughs> national team that said, hey, well, you're going to have your – and they're like, hey, what a great idea. I mean, that's probably exactly what happened, and it is a good idea. All of a sudden you get the, the Kenyan mile. I, that was probably the most intriguing event of the whole entire day, I bet you. I don't Did know about that. I don't know about that. Some of the hurdle events were pretty cool, but there were a couple of female events that were extremely intriguing. And I'm not even sure what the actual event was, but I was intrigued, Big Doug. Um, but let me get... Radwanski, I love the pole ball. Yeah, thank you very much. By the way, speaking of intriguing, Maria Sharapova is playing somebody named Zakapalova right now. So two Ovas on the TV in front of me, Big Doug, battling in the French Open, and I know you've made a lot of money betting on tennis, and you don't even know the players. You just bet on females with the last name Ova. With an end in Ova. I would hate, I would, you know, one day there's going to be an awful lot of confusion. That girl, Pullova, is going to be, you know, riding down the street in a costume, yelling, Pullova, Pullova, yeah, I know, I know. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. He'll be here all week, folks. All right, but let me, you know how I keep my coaches hit list, things that bother me in the, in, in uh, not just sports, but in life in general, not big things, little things. Well, I got to add the rabbit to it and just to, to review, you know, some of the things from the past that have been, I don't want to get into details here. I got, I got a whole list, like about 60 things. Used to be a regular bit on our morning break radio show, but you know, uh, people that give out or advertisements that give out their phone numbers and letters, you know, dial 1-800-478-CLAY. And then you got to look up the C and the L and the A and the Y. Uh, driver's license facilities. The house salad. Remember I put the house salad on the hit list? Yeah. You don't even I do remember that. You know, yeah, you I remember. Just, I actually yeah. do remember that. I just, yeah. I was, I was like, why are you going to get upset? Who goes to a restaurant and orders a freaking salad? A lot of people do. And, I, and I'm a yeah, big I fan that's, of the house. one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Because they charge you 10 bucks for about 7 cents of ingredients. Some... Okay. Well, you're too lazy to chop <laughs> this stuff up yourself. <laughs> Sometimes the house salad is complimentary with the meal. You know, you pay 65 bucks for a steak, they throw in a house salad. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah, my complaint okay. is that, you know, they put the tomato over here, the cucumber here, and it all looks beautiful when they give it to you, but how do you eat the damn thing? Chop it up for me. I like to taste the tomato with the carrot, with the lettuce, with the dressing, with the crouton, but it's all individually. Again, it looks beautiful, but it's 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 can't be eaten. Also in the food area, I put buttered popcorn on my... Uh, Hit list. Now, Brian Bauer fired back and said modern technology has changed it, but you go to the movie theater, I don't order it much anymore. Yeah, but, yeah, but all right, the butter goes right. to the top. So you got the, you know, the top third soaked and then the bottom two third. And this day of technology, big deal. You would think they would be able to mix in the butter. And David Olson. Yeah, they, they just, they just make you, you know, they could do it, but I think they just like the whole idea of pouring the hot butter on there. It's so much better the way they do it. I don't want yeah. to mix it up and having the, the popcorn will get soft if you let the let it sit in butter you have to put the butter on right when you're getting it all right and what are you gonna do spray the butter on the popcorn no that's the way they I, but well i agree with you there's the initial thrill but then after the thrill wears off then all of a sudden you've got you know one third of soaked well, greasy butter them, tell them to only say make sure all the popcorn gets butter on it and then they'll put They'll put in a scoop, they'll put butter on it, they'll put in the second scoop, they'll put butter on it, they'll handle your popcorn. Hold on. Media specialist David Olson, I think, is going to tell us about some new technology. Most places you butter your own popcorn now. They just give you the there popcorn. You Same problem. And the, and what do you mean, the there you go? No, no, that doesn't help. No, it's not. Because you, you can you pour some of the popcorn yeah. out, butter it, wait, wait, pour wait, it wait, back wait, in. Wait, 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 wait. You pour it. some of the popcorn where? You pour it out. Pour it out? 
You put it spread down a napkin, pour some of oh, it out. Oh come and then you on! Can do You're it in later. a movie theater and you got to get a napkin and pour the popcorn out. My goodness, you are such a prima donna. I, I told you these are minor thing. things, big dog. Minor things, but please give me a break. In this day and age of modern technology, they got to figure out to uh, figure out wedding notices in in major newspapers. You know, get married. We don't need to see you know somebody pay fifty bucks to have your put your son and your daughter in law in the newspaper for wedding notices. Ice cream, unless unless like uh like uh Mary Ram. Is marrying like uh, like Chucky Butt, and then it's the Butt <laughs> Ram wedding. Then they have to. You have to. Yeah, you're right about that. Okay, you're right about that. If it provides some entertainment for us, then uh, that, that's good. How about uh, this? Is almost rabbit track related, but the walkers who move their arms real fast, like you know, somebody has told them that's going to burn more calories. You know what I'm talking about? Those you, you actually know, and this is the truth. I know that what you're about, like the power walkers. <laughs> you realize, obviously, you will walk faster if you chunk your arms, but you know that you will burn more calories if you perfectly have your arms perfectly straight and force your body to only move your legs. You will burn more calories that way. I, I believe that. I believe that, and I, I don't even know if the true power walker. That's not who I'm talking about. It's the middle range. Medium-paced walker who's pumping their arms real fast. Oh, I'm doing that right now. As I, as I, I know what you're talking about. That's the person that annoys me. If you're going to run, run. If you're going to walk, walk. Don't give me the in-between. Again, minor what things, if, but what huh? if they're a happy-go-lucky person? Because some really happy-go-lucky people walk like that. That's that's probably why they annoy me. Because they are well, happy-go-lucky. I don't want to. If you are, are happy-go-lucky, that's fine. I appreciate. I don't want to know that you're in a good mood. I might be in a bad mood. You're always in a bad mood. Everything gets you upset, okay? <laughs> All right. Considering considering that one of your biggest concerns is making sure all your popcorn gets butter on it. No, I mean, no, no. You continue. I, this is all somewhat tongue-in-cheek. These are minor things that... You're missing I, my point. you got to make sure. I, I, I don't... Nobody wants tongue-in-cheek. People okay. want real opinion. Well, they are real. No, no, no. These are real opinions. Believe me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not making them up. They bug me. But I understand they're not, you know, major social causes we all need so, to be like, concerned forget with. Syria. Forget Syria, Coach. There's there's issues there we know, but we have to solve this buttered popcorn issue kids, immediately. Kids on answering machines. Stop that. I think that's been addressed before. That was an old well, uh, one. By the way, if you have an answering machine, let somebody realize that 2013 Good is point. right around the corner. Coach. Good point. Charging for movies on airlines. You got to go in your wallet and dig out two or three or four. You're charging me three hundred bucks for the flight. Charge me three hundred and three dollars and show the damn movie for free. Stop collecting cash from people. That's completely ridiculous. Doctors, doctors that get bothered if they're not called doctor in social situations. Oh yeah, you know, have you met uh, Mr. Robert? It's Doctor Roberts. You know, I appreciate the fact that you know they've earned a degree and spent a lot of time and are a doctor and in any professional realm, uh, you know, if they're a professor or in the medical profession on the job, I'll be happy to call them doctor. But don't get bothered, you know, out, out of the office in a social situation. You know, I respect the guy who's been the custodian at the school, doing a great job for 21 straight years, too. You know, and I call him Bob, so I can call you Tom or Mr. Robert. I don't have to call you doctor, and it even bothers me more if you get upset about it when I don't. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Eye charts. I, I, I just call my doctor uh, DJ. He has no problem with it. Exactly. 
Uh-huh. See, I should go to your doctor because my doctor is, is a little uppity, if you know what I mean. Uh, just whatever you do, uh, he he is very pushy on the, the colonoscopy. And I don't mean actually during it. I just mean he wants you to do it. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified that. Okay, All right, yeah. there's lots more on the list, but but I'm watching the races, Big Dog. And especially in the long-distance races, the announcer is explaining, you know, I'm watching the guys in first, second, third place, you know, looking pretty good. Well, these guys are just rabbits. They're just setting the pace. So, for instance, at a two-mile run, you know, they're they're leading, setting the pace for the first mile, and then at some point you just see them jog off into lane two, lane three, lane four, lane five, and boom, next thing you know they're talking to the girl in row one. Uh-huh. And just to me, there's something against the uh, – you're a sports purist. That does not – and I don't know the whole strategy behind it. I know a little bit, but it does not appeal to my sports purity. Does that bother you a little bit? Yeah, like teammates will do that. Well, So, like, if uh, there's four guys that are training together and two of them – one of them is great and, two, uh, and another one has a shot, but two of them are bad. I shouldn't say bad, just about five seconds slower than those other guys in like a two-mile race, then they have to, then all of a sudden they have to set the pace, and they're actually just trying to change the race to help their teammates. That's been in, in track and field since I probably, the second Olympics it's been like mm-hmm. that, Coach. And, uh, but but and guys, that, that, but, but they just drop out? It doesn't out. really bother me. It doesn't bother me so much. But, I'm not but, like, I, but they drop out. So they're not even, they have no interest in winning the race or even finishing the race. They're just. Oh, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's. That's what I'm talking about. They drop out. If a coach told me to do that, I'd be like, no, I can't do that. Come on. I I, I train all year round and now you just in in my meet. Okay, you want me to go faster than I deserve because we know that our teammate is better. I understand that. Yeah. But don't make me just. Okay. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Okay. That's that's the part that bothered me. They just faded from the race. He's like, come on, give me a break. All right. Uh, at any rate, uh, plenty to talk about, dog. Grad, you had a spectacular weekend, outstanding. Um, 888-463-6748. Any of the sports you watched over the weekend, feel free to give us a call. Plenty to talk about, big dog, on the uh, baseball front. The Cubs uh, had a rough one, and the White Sox had another great weekend. They're now two and a half games up. They're uh, one of the hottest teams in baseball, and they've got one of the hottest pitchers in baseball. Your guy, Chris Sale, did it again yesterday. Uh, and now, uh, was that a come from behind win? I know they won 4-2. They were down 2 nothing, weren't they? Yeah, I think it was 2-2. Two to two. Okay, okay. 2-2. Two to uh, two. He gave up what Sale gave up, a two-run homer to ex-Sock catcher Miguel Oliva in, like, the second inning. And then after that, shut him down. M- Miguel Oliva is a, one of the – he should be starting for the Chicago Cubs right now. That's who they need to get is pick yeah. up Miguel Oliva. That's a good call. Yeah, well, that's just, but uh, getting back to the West, I said they have been playing absolutely good baseball coaching. Uh, one of the keys to, to having a good team is you have anybody that had a bad year the year before have a rebound season. And another thing is to get a surprise pitching season from somebody. And obviously it's, it's still early, and Chris Sale has had like elbow uh, question marks. Like, why is my elbow kind of hurting? And, you know, they freak out because he's 22 or 23 and they don't want to blow his arm out. But if he can continue to just be masterful like this, I mean, they're the favorite all of a sudden in the American League Central. I don't even – if you – the Tigers are no longer the favorite. I don't care what the separation is. It's like three or four games. It's basically Verlander who's having a tough time of late and nobody else in their pitching staff and a great lineup with no fielding. All of a sudden, you have the White Sox, who 
They have pitching. They have the best pitching in the American League Central. Period, coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Gavin Floyd is probably the only guy struggling right now. Jake Peavy, Evan, the uh, yeah, uh, you know, Floyd come... always goes on a two month streak, and it's always in July and August mm-hmm. every year. I don't, I don't know if Dave can look that up for us, but I would bet you. He is like he oh, every year he always has like right in the middle of the year. It's usually July and August. He just is phenomenal. So you they know, still have that coming for him. You know what people aren't talking about too the streak. And when we talk about the streak now, they um, have won ten of eleven, but maybe even more impressively, twenty one of their last twenty five. So that's an extended that's, period that's, of baseball where they're playing outstanding. That's eight forty baseball over yeah. almost a sixth of a season. They can lose their next two games, 27 games is one-sixth of a season, and be playing 800 baseball. Mm-hmm. I still think they'd be, no, they'd be just below 800. Yeah, but, but, but one thing we've but forgotten I, is a good part of that streak has been done without the guy that was their number one pitcher. John Danks has been injured for a good part of the time, and they're still rolling. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, yeah, because Chris Sale's coming and taking his spot, and, and all of a sudden everybody else has stepped up. So, you know, when you get John Danks back, this end up being a really, really powerful rotation, Coach. Mm-hmm. A real powerful rotation. And then, you know, and I hate to, you know, throw water on our White Sox fans here. And again, Sox fans, you want to check in, we'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. But it is a fragile enough situation, Big Dog. It's not like the Sox have dominating talent. There is the other side of the coin. It's a long season. Yeah. There could be, you know, top of the mountain and then that downward slide at some point for the Sox, too. <laughs> I don't really see this team going on a huge slump, Coach. They have they have five really good starting pitchers, okay? And it's not like I know Adam Dunn had a, like the the worst season ever last year. I will I will go out and say that again, but he had so many very good seasons before that that I really truly believe that he's back, and you don't have to worry about him falling off the table. And they weren't counting on Gordon Beckham, anyways. And I don't think Diane Vistayeto is, you know what I mean? They won't, so Beckham slows down and gets and cools off. Well, okay, what? They start winning 60% of their games instead of 80? You know, so, uh, Diane Vistayeto, there's a reason why they gave him millions of dollars after he got on a, a raft and floated over from Cuba, coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know that's not how, actually, I don't know how he got to the United States, but obviously, <laughs> you know, they, this, this guy was a legitimate slugger in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And Paul Canerco, seriously, this team is not going to fall on its face. If you look at the American League Central, I'm convinced now. I mean, they are the best bet in the in the American League. If I was going to bet on any team to win a division in the American League, it would definitely be the White Sox. Cleveland Indians slumping a little bit. They lost two out of three to the Minnesota Twins. Tigers get beat yesterday. The teams you're talking about that could contend with the White Sox, Justin Verlander, uh, Pitched decently, went six innings for his 54th time in a row. That's amazing. But, big dog, uh, that's three consecutive losses for yeah. Verlander. So even some of his magic were enough. So you're right. The teams contending with the White Sox are not showing much, at least at this point. And and, and Justin Verlander, you can argue, is is the best pitcher in the game of baseball. But nobody can doubt he's in the top five, okay? Yep. So a top five pitcher in, in the game of baseball, all of a sudden you have a team behind him that one day scores one run, the next day scores ten runs, okay? And keep in mind, they can't field, and when they do get to a ball, they botch it. Two errors yesterday and about five blue hits that should have been caught. Their center fielder, Austin Jackson, is out. That That's a big difference. So the best pitcher, top five pitcher in baseball, 
doesn't have a good defense behind him, and you lose. It's and it's problem. as simple as that. It is a problem. It's a frustrating season thus far. Still a long way to go. By the way, when I was talking about the downside for the Sox, I, I probably described it wrong. I agree with you. I think they got too much talent to have the deep slide, but there is the scenario where they could, you know, play 500 or slightly under 500 ball the rest of the way. I mean, they're hot right now, and hopefully it will continue, but we do have to get off our optimistic high horse a little bit and look at reality. Basically, look at the White Sox team we thought at the start of the season it was going to be. There's still that scenario. Okay, well, okay, we also, we, we didn't know Chris Sale was going to be like this. Nope. And we kind of assumed that Alice Rios and and Adam Dunn were finished, okay, and all of a sudden they look like the pros, the professionals that earned them, you know, won a $56 million contract, and Alice Rios a $100 million contract. You know, so these guys have been good baseball players before. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden you get Vizcaito, who, okay, we can't expect Vizcaito to... Have it. His OPS is one point two something, which is if you have a nine hundred OPS, that's mind boggling. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, I don't expect that to happen. But the rest of those guys, coach, I don't think this team's going to. There's no way that they play five hundred below the rest of the way. They will be above unless okay. their bullpen totally implodes. And I, I don't think that's going to happen. They've got a lot of competitors in their bullpen. Right, day off today and then a home series. we got to get some fans out there. Big dog, I don't know what you're doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night. Maybe the two of us could hook up, hold hands together. No, and, no, no, uh, no. I'll be down here on Tuesday. You come on down and we'll go to the White Sox. Beautiful. To, tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, yes. All right, because it, it's a heck of a series. The Toronto Blue Jays, a team you have been talking about since the start of the year. This could be good baseball. Sox? Home against Toronto, quality baseball in the Big Dog. Is this an official paid appearance, or are you just showing up as Joe Schmo? No, no. Do you want me to go in? Is this your man? Me? No, me. I. Uh, you're asking me. I. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, I, well, I, I. You know, I don't know if I'll be able to go as okay. this year, man, because I'll be coming off of the river. Okay. So I'll be ready to. I, I can meet you. Are you, you, we're going to the game tomorrow. Do you want to meet at like six thirty? Do you have you actually have tickets? No, I don't have tickets. Oh, oh well, tickets will be available. Like you were saying, <laughs> you were just saying people need to go to okay, the game. Okay, I got you. Okay. So I was like, I'll go with you. Okay. Well, we can meet tomorrow and go to the game. Right, let me check out schedule. That is a, a consideration. I need to get to White Sox baseball. Um, 888-463-6748, the phone number. And, again, Chris Sale going the full nine innings yesterday. I believe he was named the American League Pitcher of the Month for the month of May. So he starts off June the same way he started in May, and he has become a legit. You know, we were talking last week, Big Doug. We were unsure. Was last year his first no, year no, in the majors? I was, not, I was not unsure. Again, 2010 was his rookie season. Okay. Okay. But, but he didn't play – 2010, he only played like the last month. Yeah, exactly. They brought okay. him up, and he was their left-handed specialist. Okay. And then I remember last year, going into the season, they actually had him in the promos for the White Sox season. Mm-hmm. So you know, they didn't have him in the promos be- the year before when they drafted. He was he was brought up the year he was drafted. And ju- just to refresh, in 2010, when he played that month and a half, he came right. He was he was playing college baseball in 2010. Yeah, that's my yeah for North Carolina. Yeah. So he spent very little time in the minors. Boom, he gets a month and a half of baseball. So last year was really his first full year in the major leagues. Yeah. Wow. And so he's like 22 or 23 years old, and the kid's just a whip. I mean, 
Okay, he doesn't look the part, but not everybody has to look the part. Does he perform the part? Oh, my goodness, does he perform the part. So it, he's so awkward and gangly, it might help him. He's pitching, and it looks like it's coming out of a slingshot when he throws the ball home. You know, it's got to mess with the hitter a little bit. Oh, and by the way, it's coming at, you know, between uh, 91 and 96 miles an hour consistently with movement. It's freaking – he could. They, the White Sox could have like the, like a superstar pitcher for mm-hmm. like ten years. They really could have one. Let's not, let's not jinx him, but he's been awful fun to watch. And you were exactly right. His upside is uh, well. He's already living up to his upside and his potential. It is tremendous. On the other side of town, big dog, your beloved Chicago Cubs. And I know we expected a season like this. Maybe not this bad, but even if you expect it, you know you can be waiting for surgery and knowing the pain is going to be bad for the week after. And then you wake up from surgery, you know, the first few minutes isn't bad, but the next day and the next five days, it's still pretty painful, even though you knew it was coming. And that's what this season is for our beloved Cub. They uh, haven't got swept yet because the Frisco Giants are still in town for one more game, but it was not a good weekend for your beloved Cub. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Now they can't hit. They figure out new ways to lose. It's like one day they'll drop a ball, next day they, they uh, can't pitch and the last couple of days, just because they can't hit, and you know, I guess you know, pretty decent pitching performance by Travis Wood, yep. wasted. You know, so it's uh, just like you said, Coach. I'm not going to keep on bashing this team. We knew they're going to be this bad, and it's hard. I'm trying to watch as many games as I possibly can, mm-hmm. trying to find out who's going to be around for next season. Because uh, quite honestly, I mean, I do care about that. I care about this team, and I want to see improvement. So that's only, all I'm really hoping for on a day-to-day basis. The only part I disagree with you a little bit in that very apt and very cerebral and um, very unemotional description, the only part I disagree a little bit is that, um, you know, that they haven't been hitting the last couple of days. Not hitting and not scoring is really, for this team, with a few exceptions, that's been a problem right from the get-go. The fielding oh, yeah, and the pitching yeah. has been up and down. The hitting has been non-existent right from the start. No, yeah, yeah, that's, let me, yeah, let's, again, let me reiterate that. But there have been a couple of losses this year where they actually scored some runs, and it's just like, it's just frustrating. You would think on the yeah. games that they do hit that they would, uh, they've, they've just figured out ways to lose. And you're right, the, the biggest problem on the team is lack of offense. And I mean lack of offense to score big runs, put up the crooked numbers, or just, hey, we need to get one run this inning right now. We've got to figure out how to get one run to tie it or one run to get the lead. That, like, that team has no ability to manufacture a run whatsoever. And the whole Cubs way, the new Cubs home was, hey, we're going to be a team that if we need one run, we can scrap it out, or if we're down five, we'll take a couple walks and hit a home run. Well, that lineup that they want to do that with, Coach, uh, does not include Starling Castro batting third, Alfonso Soriano in the lineup whatsoever, or a Soto or a Coy Hill, you know, and so... Big Day, you were you were uh, with me last year. Are you still with me? We we both had agreed that Starlin Castro has had his most success as a major leaguer. Stop messing around with him. Put him in the leadoff spot and leave him there. No, I I, I completely agree, and I do know people are going to say, you know, that's crazy. He doesn't walk enough. Your leadoff batter needs to take a lot of pitches, and I completely agree with that sentiment. But until the Cubs have a leadoff hitter, and when and when they and when the Cubs have a leadoff hitter, you basically tell them you're batting six until you figure out that you can take pitches and and you know because you can't you 
you can't have a guy that's so impatient as him. But the, the truth of the matter is this, he's going to be on base 35% of the time. And at least if you're leading off the game with Charlie Castro, you have to pitch to him. So maybe he'll hit for a higher average. You know, you can't pitch around him as easy when he's the leadoff yeah. hitter. So, uh, Coach, you can't have Charlie Castro batting third. And on this particular team, he should either be leading off or batting second. Completely agree with you. Completely agree. Before we leave baseball and uh, plenty on the docket in the world of sports, we'll get the Tiger Woods and his sensational comeback NBA playoff game tonight and, of course, a great one last night. Uh, before we finish, I just got to point out again, I don't think you're looking at it enough here. I've told people this for a couple of weeks. The National League Eastern Division continues to shape up. Nobody's talking about it. I don't, I don't watch a lot of the ESPN baseball talk shows. Maybe they are, but, but that might be – one of the better division races that we've seen in the last decade or so, Big Dumb. No, no, I, I, I agree. The, both East, the yeah, National League East yeah. and the American League East, is going to end up being great this year. I, I am not surprised whatsoever by the Nationals from the beginning of the year. As of you look at them now and they're like, wow, they've had that many injuries, they've lost that many players. That story is just really cool, and Strasburg was, was dominant again yesterday. Yep. Now, Miami is starting to play baseball like you would think they would, and Atlanta, well, they're coming back. They've made it a race again because they've fallen on their face over the last two weeks. But yeah, that, that, here's, your, here's your standings in case, uh, and again, the National League East is not always the sexy division. The AL East is. People talk about that. The NL East, Washington Nationals, Miami Marlins, and the New York Mets. By the way, David Olson, now owned by our favorite comedian and liberal talk show host, minor owner, but he's got a partner now. Bill Maher is now a uh, minority chunk owner of the New York Mets. Thank you very much. Those three teams tied for first. The Atlanta Brave, Freddie Gonzalez and the boys, two games back, and then the Philadelphia Phillies still formidable. If they get it all together, only three and a half back. All five teams winning records, Big Dag, all five within three and a half games. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as far as the American League has a ch- American League East has a chance to have all five teams above 500. I don't know if it'll happen where all 10 are above 500 at the same time. That mm-hmm. would be truly amazing. Yeah. Uh, what I think is going to happen there is, you, you know what, if Johan Santana is back, and we haven't again got to touch on that, that was Friday night, Coach, when he pitched the, the Johan uh, they're first, calling it the Nohan. First you know? ever. Hard to believe, but first ever in New York Met history. With all those dominant pitchers they've had, to have none of them throw a yep. no-hitter is just, just it's mind-boggling. But if Santana is back to Santana 06 and he had this, this, the shoulder issue and, you know, it takes a while to come back for that. And we've seen it happen where dominant pitchers, they take a couple of years and all of a sudden they're dominant again. It would be Johan was so good for like three or four years. It'd be kind of cool to, to see him get back. That if he can be that way, coach, yep. and he wins like twenty or twenty-two games, the Mets will definitely contend with the East. The Phillies are just contingent on when Ryan Howard and Chase Elliott get back if they can hit because they have very good pitching. But they lose so many games, three to two. It's mind-boggling. Like Cliff, you know, Cliff Lee doesn't have a win yet, coach. Yep. And he hasn't pitched great. But on the other hand. He's sort of, well, you know, think Ryan Dempster, if you're a Cub fan. Yeah, exactly. It's still, I mean, it's still Cliff Lee. He's given them many opportunities in ball games to win. And I, maybe he's given up some, you know, he's lost. But, I don't know, when you, when you know you're only going to get one or two runs throughout a game, mm-hmm. the Phillies offense has been just as bad as the Cubs offense, Coach. Yeah. 
had a very disturbing dream as we leave the baseball world and get ready to talk about Tiger Woods and his comeback. Another one of those bad dreams last night, Big. That was kind of, I don't know, maybe it's like spontaneous combustion between the positivity of the Cub and the negativity, I'm, I'm sorry, the positivity of the White Sox and the negativity of the Cub. The two came together. Anyhow, woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning, looked over my wife, couldn't go back to sleep, looked over my wife, she looked a little bit like ex-Cub and Red Sox reliever Calvin Schiraldi. Very disturbing. The the Cubs gave away Lee Smith for Calvin Schiraldi. Okay. Uh, just, uh, they would a horrible yeah. trade. On the bright side, my wife didn't look like Lee Smith. That would have been even scarier. That would have been that, extremely scary, <laughs> Coach. Yeah. That might have sent me to the guest room. Her hair was better than Calvin Schiraldi, though. So even though the face looked... Remember Calvin? She had kind of greasy hair, didn't he? Well, not as greasy as Lee Smith. I was just about to bring up, how often do you think Lee Smith had to buy new pillowcases? I mean, I don't, I have no idea why SoGlow didn't actually have uh, Lee Smith as one of their sponsors. That dude had a, a greasy cherry curl. And you know he put it on the ball. All he did was throw fastballs that would dart and dance. So, and... All right, moving to the world of golf. Thank you very much for that visual. Uh, Tiger Woods, an amazing comeback. I kind of followed Thursday and Friday the Memorial Golf Tournament. Not a major, obviously, but a pretty big one. And, uh, uh, you know, Tiger was in the hunt. And then I heard uh, Saturday he had a bad day. So I had kind of written him off, and then all of a sudden I didn't watch it. But obviously we all know by now he made one of those amazing runs uh, on Sunday. Started off with, what, three or four birdies, and then down the backstretch, Big Dog hit three out of the last four birdies. I still haven't seen the replay of the uh, shot on the 16th. Have you seen it? Because people are saying one of the better ones they've seen. Yeah, I actually uh, was lucky enough to watch it live. Wow. I was, uh, yeah, so not I wasn't there. but So uh, it was phenomenal, Coach. Jack Nicholas called it the gutsiest shot that he'd ever seen. Yep. And, uh... And also, he said it was the best shot he had ever seen in that tournament. Yeah, now think about that for a second. That's Jack Nicholas. He's seen a lot of golf. And may- maybe he got caught up in the moment, but uh, for him to give that, uh, that that shot by Tiger Woods that kind of accolade, that's pretty high praise. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. And he reiterated later with a statement. Excuse me. <laughs> if I hear a flushing of the toilet, David, I'm going to really be bothered. What, you just no, walk in? I, I, I'm actually at work, and I have to drain something. Ah. I'm cleaning out kayaks right now. Okay. <laughs> David, someday when I'm older, talking to the grandkids, or something, I'm going to look fondly back to these days when we're doing a live sports talk radio show and Big Dog goes through a tunnel as he gets ready to clean a kayak. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Notice how I said someday I'll look back fondly because right now someday. it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I had to clean this. Someday, someday, someday. Um, all right, outstanding. So Tiger Woods wins the uh, Memorial Tournament. Phenomenal shot on the 16th. Not only got to the green, but it went in the hole. And, and apparently it was a tremendous gamble because he hit it hard, obviously, at the angle he took it. If you, if you hit it too cleanly, he goes over the green and loses the tournament, right? Yeah, and uh, if it would have been short, you know what? It would have been like an impossible shot, and so it was. A, I, I guess to hit it where he hit it was extremely risky. Yeah, because exactly, if it goes too far, coach, he would he would have been out of the tournament, and it goes right in. And so Jack Nicholas took about five minutes, put 
threw out all the different scenarios and was like, that's why I thought it was the gutsiest shot I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So, By the way, his like, okay. 73rd PGA win. Um, he's still going after the majors record, but that ties him all time with uh, Jack MacArthur Nicholas. Oh, it didn't break the record? It didn't break the tie? I thought it tied, but I could be wrong. Okay, I Remember, we, I, we have, I dreamt about Calvin Chiraldi last night, so I, I could I could have my facts wrong. Okay, we have two different accounts, but uh, yeah, Jack Nicholas really likes Tiger Woods. You can tell that it was sincere mm-hmm. when he was like happy that Tiger won and stuff, and the way he was talking about Tiger before and after. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely an affinity uh, with Jack Nicholas, and I honestly think he wants Tiger to break his record. I don't think it's. Uh, you know, some people are like, oh, I want my record to be broke. You know, it's meant to be broke. I actually think he means it when he says, you know, I would love to see Tiger break my record. All right, we'll so. see. A couple of majors coming up. But uh, Tiger looks like he is slowly but surely. I don't know if he's ever going to be quite on that dominant run, but he is potentially, Big Dog, getting back to that point where he could be uh, the number one golfer again. David, you got the result? Yeah, it, does, it ties him with Jack. Ties him. It, it, yes. it does tie. Okay. So he's now shares it with Jack. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right, NBA basketball, big dog Celtics knocking off the Heat in overtime. They had a huge halftime lead. Boston dominating, but then the Heat came back. Uh, uh, Heat had a shot to win it in regulation, correct, and, and could not convert. And it was uh, it was Dwayne Wade who couldn't get it done. And this is after LeBron had fouled out. So well, uh, yeah, it was Wade in overtime. I think in regulation, Wade couldn't get a shot off, and uh, they threw it to Udonis Haslam, right? I didn't get to see it, Coach. I, I, think, was, I read about it. I think that was the shot in regulation. But either, but it was Dwayne Wade who had the three-pointer, you're exactly right, to win the game. And uh, he clanked on the iron. Uh, you know, I was getting excited. I thought the Celtics, I mind-blanked a little bit. I thought they were up 3-2. to two. I thought they were beating them in Miami. When I heard the 61-46 halftime score, and then I started to sneak a peek at the game. But I forgot. I jumped ahead and that was only game four. So right now the home team has won each and every game so far. Uh, yes, and they've been holding serve. So Boston's going to have to steal a victory in Miami. Obviously, they were the they were the, the road team, but uh, I think they have it in them, Coach. And I, I think now the Heat they'll be messed with mentally. I truly believe if it goes to the game seven, I don't see them being able to close out the Celtics. I really don't, Coach. I don't. So the, like this is truly a must must win for the Miami Heat, even more so than the Celtics. The, the, the Heat have to win this home game. If the Celtics win this game, they will close them out in six. Close mm-hmm. them out. It'll be done. Here's the, uh, the here's the X factor. Remember I said when the Heat were uh, on a roll, when Chris Bosh got hurt, the Heat got on a roll. I forget who they played the series before, but all of a sudden they won like three in a row. After they played they, the Pacers. Yeah. After they were down two games to one, and I said, you know what? Even if Bosch is healthy for the start of the Celtics, here, the Heat—they figured it out. James and 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 Wade were playing in a different stratosphere. Uh, you know, the team was on a roll. I'd sit Bosch out. Well, he was still injured, so it wasn't even a factor. But now that they've struggled for a couple of games, I, I'm going to take the reverse approach. I think they're going to get Chris Bosch back for Game Five, and I think that extra offensive threat, assuming he's healthy. Might be enough to get the heat over the top. Don't forget, Bosch is coming back. Yeah, because if if you have Kevin Garnett with the ability to roam, he will cause havoc defensively. I mean, he will he'll drive you crazy. I mean, the guy you know only scores like you know fifteen, eighteen points a game, but 
defensively, he's all over the place. So if Chris Bosh is there, all of a sudden he has to stay home because they'll get the ball to Bosh and he'll hit that 15-footer half the time he takes it. So that that is a key part of that offense. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll see what happens there. Uh, NBA Conference Championship matches heating up a little bit tonight. Big Dog, you had Oklahoma City back at San Antonio. Both teams have won at home. Everybody had counted Oak City out. They come back and win two in a row. So Kind of similar circumstances. What do you see happening game five tonight? Uh, I, I see San Antonio taking this game. And uh, on, every time Derek Fisher's on the court, watch, Coach. Just watch San Antonio attack Derek Fisher. They, like, literally start the guards for San Antonio start foaming at the mouth every time he's on the court. <laughs> so okay. uh, the, the, the Spurs talk about two contrasting styles in the series. The Celtics versus the Heat is like watching a freaking wrestling match. And then the, you watch the, the KC and San Antonio is just free-flowing, beautiful basketball. San Antonio used to be the grinded-out, punch-in-the-mouth team, mm-hmm. and now they're like, hey, we're too old to do that. We're just going to play beautiful offense. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Every time Derek Fisher is on the court, they pick and roll with Derek Fisher. And whoever Derek Fisher is on ends up with the basketball, and that guy gets a bucket. Like 100% of the time, it's beautiful, Coach. Right, What's well, the run they go on with Fisher? We'll have to be looking for that. I don't know how many minutes Derek Fisher is going to be playing, but when he's in the game, a good thing to look at for our fans out there from our NBA experts slash analysts, and I did not pronounce that incorrectly, <laughs> Joel Radwanski here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show. Dog, did you see the fourth quarter run by Kevin Durant in the last game? Uh, no, I did not see that. I, I, I've watched wow. the first three games. And that's so it was it was hilarious because they were scoring down on the San Antonio end. I always thought you used to shoot at the end of the game at your own basket. But I'm so watching you always shoot at your own basket. Well, I, I, but it was Oklahoma City. I'm, I'm telling you, Kevin Durant. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Well, here's what here. you always in basketball. You shoot at your own basket like in football. You go towards the opponent's end zone. Well, in basketball, you, though, the road team decide okay. which basket they're going to shoot at before the game starts. They have the option. Well, but you do and, switch. Yeah, then you switch at half. Right, time. okay. So normally, most teams like to be running offense on their side of the court at the end of the game. But it doesn't matter. At any point, they uh, it was not the case with Oklahoma City. So you can see Popovich, Popo, standing up, you know, directing his defense, and Durant scored 16 points in a row. Very often, the defense was good. By San Antonio, he just kept shooting. And, and I kept watching Papa on the background. He was getting more disgusted with each shot and finally just flailed his arms and gave up, which is pretty rare for him. But it was an amazing run. Eight straight baskets under pressure by KD. Coach, the, I just let you know, the from everything that I know about basketball, they always choose to have your defense by your bench at the end of the game. That's not true. I, I, I do know I do know that the Chicago Bulls under Phil Jackson always did it that way. Okay. Ah, whatever. That's not not going to argue that point. You may be right, but uh, at any rate, Kevin Durant on a roll, Oklahoma City. But you think San Antonio uh, is able to bounce back tonight? Yeah, this, we're going Game Seven, San Antonio in Game Seven, Coach. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all home wins in this series, and the home fans. You know, let's let's give it a you know no one. Talks about Oklahoma City or San Antonio, you know, the other television markets. They're not even in the top 30. I think both of those are like, San Antonio is like 37. Who knows what Oklahoma City is? 
But the fans in the arena compared to what Miami, oh my goodness. Give me all that. Oklahoma City or San Antonio, those fans deserve an NBA championship. They really do, Coach. They, they have been sold out all season. Unlike Miami, they show up on time. So, you know what, either, either or, I'm rooting for those fans to get the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Those, fan, those fan bases deserve it. Very good. Very good. 888-463-6748. We got any Oak City fans listening? Want to back up the big dog's claim? Any Miami Heat fans out there who might want to uh, chagrin with him a little bit? Feel free to give us a call. NBA Hoops, 888. All the Miami Heat fans right now are getting pedicures, Coach. (laughs) Woo! Well, they could be getting a pedicure and listening to our show. You know, we, oh, sorry about that. We have, uh, you know, it's not our number one listening audience, but we have a significant amount of listeners. In barber shops, hair cutteries, and beauty parlors across the country, <laughs> we're somewhat big. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number if you want to check in. By the way, a couple of emailers on Friday after the show encouraging me, Coach, invite Uncle. What was your uncle that uh, was upset with me, Uncle Jerry? Uh, I will call him Uncle Titus. Uncle Titus. They said, Coach, bring it on. Get Uncle Titus on the show. They want me and Uncle Titus to go mono versus you, me and your uncle, whatever his actual name is. We still have a few issues to discuss off air. Uh, I just want that put in the footnote per- portion of the show. Thank you very much. Uh, we did have a uh, obituary over the uh, weekend, Big Dog. Family Feud's very own Richard Dawson passing away. He had cancer for a long time at the uh, very ripe age, way too early at age 79. Wow, he was only 79? I think that's right. No, I, mean, I believe you. Yep. Somebody <laughs> wrote in one of the Twitter files, uh, survey says 83% of the people already thought he was dead. Count and me I, among I, the 83%. Huh? I, Count me I, among I, the 83%. I was going to say, I hate to say yeah. it, I, I, <laughs> I'd be in that 83% too. I thought he had passed away already. But it was actually his, his successor, the guy that took over for him. That passed away? Well, he killed himself. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, a guy by the name of Ray Combs who took wow. over for Richard Dawson. The pressure. Yeah, I remember that name. I just don't remember what he looks like though. That's uh, Ray Combs. That's not, did he? What did he do before Family Feud, David? As a matter of fact, I think he was a sportscaster. That's. Uh, I mean, I know that name, Coach Ray Combs. So, uh, well, I think he might have done PA for Northwestern Lacrosse. I'm not sure. It's possible. Well, by the way, little known fact in the obituary: Richard Dawson's second wife. He met when she was a contestant on the show. Thought that was kind of cool. Hopefully, he really? didn't meet her when he was married to his original wife. That would that's a little me. fishy. That's a little slime ball-y, isn't it? Well, let's you know. I'm well, who assuming knows, who knows how the actual meeting happened. Who knows how exactly. that was? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Maybe so. there was you know a little bit of spark on the show, and then they legitimately, you know, contacted each other after the show. Let's hope it was done above board. Uh, at any rate, Richard Dawson dead at the age of 79. Also, Big Dog, there's a game tonight on CN100. And I think they're playing at Gately Stadium. I could be wrong, but I thought this would be right up your alley. The Chicago Fire Department will be taking on our very own Chicago Police Department in a football game. Oh, that's tonight. I wanted to go That I seriously wanted to go just to support the firemen. Did, did I get it right? Is it Gately Stadium or... That would seem that would seem like a perfect place to have that game, I and mean, I won't be able to go. And I really wish I I had not made plans in in Aurora tonight because I 
I have to leave the city because I would love to go there to support those guys because, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's, 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 those games, the firemen police football games that they have across the country, I, people really need to go out. If you're in that, in that area, take your kids out there and go out there and be a good time. They'll probably, you'll probably have your uh, kids be able to climb on a fire truck or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know how kids love that stuff. Yep. That'd be good, clean family fun tonight, Coach. So people need to get out the gate. Just got a tweet in from Officer Yomama. Officer uh-huh. Yomama wants to know, did, did Big Dog just say he wants to go out and watch the firemen play? Yeah, like I said, I'll be rooting for the fire department. Oh, so Officer Yomama is correct. Well, why? I've probably been arrested by Officer Yomama. I, in the game, <laughs> I'm gonna, there's, I, there's a line. Okay, and then I will, and I, if I have... I have to root for something, and if I have a rooting interest, I'm going to root for the 100 percent of the people that I know are. Nobody wow. takes a bribe when they're when they're uh, a fireman. They decide wow. to run in the buildings and pull out animals and children and elderly, mm-hmm. and they don't do it. And and I know 90 percent of all policemen are great men, but 10 percent of this football team, that at least two of their starters, I know are corrupt. There's any officers or Chicago policemen listening to the show? <laughs> My radio host and partner's name is Joel. Um, Finkelstein. Thank you, Coach. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Joel Finkelstein. No, just, so if, on, if you want to Google up any past arrest record, Finkelstein, F-I-N-K-L-E-S-T-I-E-I-N. All, all victimless. All of my friends <laughs> are victimless. Yeah, I'll bet. How about uh, NHL hockey real quick? Big dog, the L.A. Kings, sudden death overtime. I was privy enough to watch the overtime. I don't know if you saw the winning goal for the L.A. Kings. They're up two games to one, still a long way to go in that baby against New Jersey. But that was one of the best goals I've ever seen, uh, regulation or overtime. Uh, there were some phenomenal goals so far in this in this series. The, uh, <laughs> the first goal by Doughty in Game Two is just absolutely amazing, Coach. And it, you know the Kings are playing as well as any team in the sport of hockey. Uh, describe the overtime goal to me. The uh, I think it's is it the captain? I might have his name wrong. John Clark. Captain of the Kings. Anyhow, he's racing down the right wing, okay? Sudden death overtime, pretty deep into the first period. So the teams are about ready to get for, uh, you know, take a break and go for second regulation or second overtime. He uh, puts on another gear, big dog, and races by the defender. Just absolutely flies by the guy, puts out another gear, centers it in front of the net, okay? But the key is he does not give up on the play. His momentum carries him to the end board. He continues circling around the net. Well, the centering pass did not work. Okay? So uh-huh. it uh, it gets deflected off to the other side. Well, his momentum carrying him around the net, he picks up the puck in the other corner. You with me? Yeah, listen. All right. So now he takes the puck in the other corner, and he starts doing a half circle. Everybody's waiting for him to pass the puck. Towards the blue line, not as deep as the blue line, but semi-circling, keeps the puck, keeps the puck, keeps the puck. At this point, he is about straight on in front of the goalie, about 20 feet away. But there's people in the way. You're waiting for him to pay. You didn't even think he was going to shoot. He fires a wrist shot by two defenders, one of his own players, blindside, upper right corner. What do they call that? The four hole? Perfect. I'm not sure. All I know is five. Perfect shot and a goal so he stuck he made the initial play stuck with it and on the other side he keeps the puck for four five six seconds and nails the goal it was really a spectacular play were the kings in the middle of a line change how do you get a guy that can keep a puck for that long yeah, they were not and it was the devils that would have been in the line change because the levels the devils were on defect kings See, that, scored that's, the goal. What I, that's what i meant to say yeah uh, yeah it was impressive it was impressive anyhow that series uh, uh not over yet though. 
Not over yet. Marty Brodeur and the uh, New Jersey Devils still might be able to pull a comeback, but it is the Kings, two games to one right now. Uh, got the College World Series going on. Women's softball down to the final two teams, Big Dog. Be a pretty good football matchup if they played. It's Alabama. The Lady Crimson Tide taking on the Lady Sooners of Oklahoma. Ooh. Uh, now, Alabama has all the pitching and defense, and Oklahoma has all the bashers, the hitting. You look at Oklahoma's lineup. These girls play like 50 games, yep. okay? And like, and they play, they play what six innings, coach? I think seven. Seven? Okay, it is seven innings. It's seven innings. The, the Oklahoma lineup has a bunch of. They all hit 350, and they've got like four girls with like 60 RBIs right yep. in the middle of their yep. lineup. So and a lot of these teams, you know, will go with the quick slap bunters. Oklahoma? Not anymore. Not o- anymore. Oklahoma, they they go. Uh, they take the big girls and they look to jack the ball out of the park. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a, there's not as many slappers as they used to You're be. Right. It's like every year there's a little bit less yeah. because now they just like throw the outside yep. corner on those slapper girls, and yep. then they, there's really nothing you can do. And I like I, you know this, I put the slapper girls with the uh, the rabbit and track and put them on my hit. I never liked that. That's not real baseball. Just you know slapping down on the ball, running to first. I like the girls that actually hit the ball. So count me in as that is a good thing. That's bad for your shin, slapping on a ball. Absolutely. Ten, ten steps and find out, oh, it was foul, and then do it like seven more times. Mm-hmm. All right, Big Dog, you going to be out uh, on the river today? No, I'm going to go to East Bank Club. I'm going to work out. I'm going to go home and have relaxed because then I have to work another six out of seven days, and I'm not complaining yeah. about that. All work right. is good. All right, well, well-deserved break today. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk tomorrow at 10. Peace out, everyone. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com, signing off. Have a great day, everybody.